Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson. This is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight we'll be reviewing that pretty much very classical or pop or cult classic. Cult classic, yeah. Musical called Rocky Horror Picture Show that was released in 1975. Exactly. Now, it's, some people say, Why? Ah, ah, well, when we talk about the production and stuff, you'll be, know why. And as you yeah, guys yeah. are well aware, mm. um, we do the odd musical arrangement type well, movie. No, 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 it's not so much that. We will do mainly horror, sci-fi and fantasy and other good movies as we see fit, which we mm. think might be interesting to our listeners. I just mean that yeah. sometimes no, in the past it does have a bit of, we have, we do... Review a movie that's or a TV show that has a musical theme to it. Well, we did Son of Dracula with uh, Harry Nilsson and Ringo and everybody in it. That was a musical sort of Yes, and comedy. Songs yeah, of yeah. the South was a musical cartoon Disney thing. So, yeah, we, we do throw the odd one in there we think's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and this is, uh, okay, everyone knows it. Well, like I think everyone has been going for years. Um, but there's thing, some things about it which we find quite interesting, which will be revealed later as we go through our little um, bits and pieces. Now, yeah. here we go. Produced by Lou Adler. I know that name from the past. I can't remember what he's done, but I know the name. Uh, Michael White is the other producer. Mm. Directed by Jim Sharman. I think Jim Sharman's Australian, actually. Ooh, cool. So I'm not quite sure. i have to check that up. Richard O'Brien uh, and Jim Sharman wrote the screenplay... Now, it was based on the Rocky Horror show, the uh, the stage show, which stage is actually show, yeah. written by Richard O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And Richard O'Brien actually plays a part in this movie. Yeah. Because, well, if you are part of the um, the screenplay writing team and the mover and shaker in, the, you know, in it, and, well, why not put yourself in there and have a blast? Okay? Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Shush. Shush. Now, this is the part I like, the nuts and bolts when it comes down to the money. Okay. Budget one point four million. That is not a lot. Okay. It made two hundred and twenty six million. Oh. Doesn't sound like a lot. That's a shitload. And that does I don't think that in, that doesn't include home media sales or anything like that, just theatrical release stuff. Yeah. And the, some of the reviewers didn't like it. So, oh, it's a load of rubbish, it's crap. See, what well, do the reviewers know? You know? <laughs> well, it's the 70s, Mike. And some of these reviewers came out of diapers. Well, not diapers. Well, they they no. came out of... They came from old school filmmakers. Yeah, that's, uh, what's this rubbish? Uh, it would have been, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, obviously, I didn't, they didn't appreciate it because it wasn't what they were used to. And I thought, no, no. No appeal whatsoever. No These guys are interested yeah. in Alfred Hitchcock or something approximately. Or the Mill or, or something way, way back then. Yeah. Way back then. So what they were doing, these, the new guys were coming out doing some mighty fine stuff. I imagine there. the newer viewers would probably give this the thumbs up, obviously. Yeah. Now, basically, um, like I said, it was based on the stage play, which was um, done a couple of years earlier. Um I won't go too much into the uh, stage play because it's pretty much what Sarah's going to talk about in the uh, the story. Yep. Um, it was shot in the United Kingdom at Brave Studios. Sweet. And a location shot was done at, uh, at a play, country estate called Oakey Court. Oakey Court. It's Oakley. Oakley. O-A-K-L-E-Y Court. Sounds a bit weird. And it's... Best known for its early use in Hammer film productions. No surprise there. And that's one of the reasons why I like it because um, a lot, some of the props they used uh, in this movie were actually taken from the Hammer film supply of props. Mm, they seems- used an old mansion that was used in Hammer films. See, yeah. interesting bits that people sort of don't know about. And you mm. may have heard me mm. mention that they used this um, for the. Um, for the for what their Frankenstein scene in this movie in this movie, um, they used um, a sort of a chain a special um, re- um, resurrecting ch- cell that they used in the real story of Frankenstein movie. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah the, I mentioned this in the past, the, the, so well, you probably well, heard the, me. That Barthy came out of. Yeah. yeah, that was out of a Hammer movie. Hmm. Yeah, um, well, hang on, I had it Hammer here. was actually a mini series type thing. Okay. 
I always thought Call me a liar again. Mm. Okay, you do that to me all the no time. time. That's okay. Anyway. Um, I don't care. One I'll cry I, later. The one reason I liked about this movie, and it comes to mind when I think about it, when we did the, the family of, of the paradise, mm. I had yeah. an urge to go ahead and review another wanted to review this one yeah. sometime yeah, but now another thing um i also think that it's great because i do like the makeup and the costuming it makes me think of elvira mostly well, yeah, because of the costuming it's it's, it's, it's uh glitz and glam and stuff different things a bit of a higher gothic in there it's a mixture of everything now i was going to talk about this later but i'm not talking talk about it now a lady called sue blaine was a costume designer now wait a minute she hadn't seen any sci-fi movies Okay. Hadn't seen anything else to help her figure out what to design the costumes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's no paradigm there. There's no benchmark. So she made up the way she thought it would uh, be acceptable in today's society. Cool. Now, the thing is, if you look at some of the clothing things there, the fishnet stockings with holes in them and different things and whatever, that became a new type of clothing that the punk rockers used to wear. That's cool. So she actually started, well, maybe in her humble way, maybe put put a, a small spark, lit a bigger fire, mm-hmm. which led on to punk road uh, crappy clothes, which yeah. I used to wear back in those days. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when they did the remake that was in 2016, that their costumes were not as, as glamorous as, as its predecessor, obviously. Yeah. It looked too, um, well, some of them look pretty cool and glamourish, but I just preferred the um, the the 1970s equivalent more. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, I, it was different. They took they, they contemporised it too much in the, in the in the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, However, I'll go for the uh, cast and crew and other uh, cast a minute. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Drum roll. My favourite. Tim Curry plays Dr. Frank N. Furter. <laughs> now, he plays a weirdo scientist guy, which is really good in these sort of shows. Mm. Now, he was a transvestite in this, and he, I think he was got the balance right because the guys didn't mind his personality when they were watching it, and the females thought he was cute and sexy. So... Uh, he delivered a really good performance and made it a really enjoyable experience. I, and I think he was in the original stage play. Mm, I cool. think, yeah. Mm. Uh, now, Susan Sarandon and Barry Bostwick. They played Janet and Brad. Yeah, they played Janet and Brad, the two uh, kids who get uh, drawn into this weird world of Dr. Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. Now, this was an English production primarily, but mm. it's in England. Makes but sense. they thought they might as well bring Brad and Janet over from America. Oh, because yeah. Because the idea, I think, was partly to sell it to the American audiences. I guess that makes sense ah. when you think about it. Considering that in the past, in yeah. in some movies, if it was all done in English, um, with just English well, actors, it, it would not sell into and, and America. And that's why sometimes in a lot of English movies they had the token American actors in them to make it more saleable to the American audiences. Ah, so very good. Yeah, very good marketing. Now, Richard O'Brien, he plays Riff Raff, the hunchbacked henchman, a little bit like Igor, Igor, however you want to call him, in all the Frankenstein movies or whatever. Now, Richard wrote it, uh, wrote the original screenplay. Uh, he played Riff Raff in the musical. No, I don't think he did. He, played, he wrote it, but he didn't play it on stage. Oh, okay. But when the movie came along, uh, he did the... Um, Mm. They said, oh, "I'm going to put myself into the movie," mm. but he was—he wrote the original screen, the stage play, and he did the screenplay as well. So, mm. and he put himself in. And a lady called Patricia Quinn plays Magenta, the domestic, and it's her mouth at the beginning of the movie, oh, cool. mouthing the um, the song. Yeah, but interesting. It's not her voice. Yeah, interesting thing, guys. Mm, yeah. Both Richard and and mm. Pat. What's her name? Pat. Patricia, Quinn. Patricia, they were both in the sequel that was done in 1981. It was a sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show, but was not very. Uh, as, no, it was called as, something else, wasn't it? It was um, called Shock Treatment. Yeah, Shock Treatment. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was mm. a sequel mm. to Rocky Horror Picture Show, using the same similar characters, but a few new ones, obviously yeah. thrown in. Anyway, but it was not as. Ex- I don't think it was as successful no, as Rocky Horror Picture no. Show. Can I roll on? Yes, I'm doing the cast. You know. Now, here's an interesting bit. A guy called Peter Henwood played Rocky Horror, the, cre- the creature. 
mm-hmm. a very handsome man, mm-hmm. but he di- he didn't do the singing. I figured that. Uh, a, a, a singer, a well-known singer at the time, Trevor White was doing the singing. I see. Uh, but Trevor White, I don't know, I'd have to check, Trevor White may have been doing some stage work as well back in those days. I'd have to really check on that. Yeah. I didn't have a chance to find now, out. Now, here's a character I really like. Uh, her name is Nell Carp- Campbell. Ca- Campbell. Campbell, yeah. As um, Colum- Columbia. Columbia. I loved her costumes in this movie. And, and actually, she was really good. Um, I loved her tap dancing too. Yeah. Number. No, she she, and she was really a good tap dancer. She was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, hot little dancer. She's still great in the sequin coats and everything. Yes, she was beautiful. Uh, beautiful yeah, she character. had the best costume in the beginning. I mean, uh, I'll only mention one last person here. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf. Yeah, I know him. Eddie, the ex-delivery boy. Mm. Um, I'll talk about Meatloaf a bit later on, but uh, yeah, he played a good role. Had a nice tune. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's one other person I'd like to mention. His name's Charles Gray. Gray, and he plays the criminologist throughout the narration. Well, I not like narration, sort of the narration in this movie. The narrator job, yes. Anyway, yeah. um, I think that's the, our intro taken care of. So Yeah, another thing I should mention, um, when they did the remake in 2016, I, I should mention, Tim Curry came back on board, but he played the criminologist in that one even though he couldn't use his hands to open yeah, the yeah, books had, or anything like he that. He had a stroke a couple of years earlier. He wasn't a, he wasn't a well man, but he, yeah. he, I think they put him in there... Uh, to sell tickets. Well, not no, sell tickets, no, just to um, A tribute to his, his um, involvement in the original uh, production, I yeah. think. You know, but of course, he, he, was very, he, he brought Rocky Horror mm. alive on the screen. True. Yeah, so that was their but way of probably saying thank you, maybe. I like to think mm. it was mostly because uh, it will give people um, something to know, remember from the original Rocky Horror, and they and it will get people to go and watch it, obviously. Exactly. As you often say. So, anyway, I'll get into the movie. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Here, here we go. Drum roll. So, yeah. it stars our two um, cheesy characters named Brad and Janet. They're attending a nice wedding in this nice country village, yada, yada, yada. Oh, good stuff. And their friends um, are there celebrating and all that stuff with their nice car saying, um, now they've gone and get married, now they're going to go and do it. <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, Brad proposed to Janet, and it was like a very funny proposal. Like he's saying, um, that Janet, Janet, I love you. I'm not going to sing, obviously. It was a musical. You move on with it. He proposes to yeah, her. Yeah, okay? so he proposes that <laughs> they'll go and visit their old teacher. What's his name? Um, Dr. S- um, Everett Scott something or whatever. Greg Scott. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Greg Scott, whatever his name is. His name is Scotty. Yeah. Anyway, so they they take a car, they drive, 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 and then suddenly they reach a dead end. And then they we get... took a wrong turn, damn it. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. somehow they have a blowout, and thanks to Brad's stupidity, he didn't bother to pump up the, the old tyre. <laughs> so they won't, they're stuck. You know what kids are like, hey. You know, yeah. yeah. So they then realise they must go and find shelter and possibly a phone. So they said they mentioned about a castle not too far up the road. A castle or a big manor house or something. They didn't know what it was in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So they end up heading up that way. Do, 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 do. And there they tap, tap, tap on the chamber, on the chamber door. <laughs> and who comes to the front door? Good old yeah. riffraff. Hello. And so he tells them to come in and tells them that you're them that they're wet. And then and then we get to our first major song, which is my favourite. Um Let's do the time warp again. Let's that's enough. We're not gonna Make these people sit through our rendition of all the songs. No, okay? of course not. <laughs> so while they're the brand Janet are either shaken up by this whole dance routine, they want Jan wants to leave. And while they're trying to leave, Brad keeps saying, I don't want to leave. I have to get to That's a phone. Telephone, yes. And mm. there, in the elevator, we see 
Dr. Frank Frankenfurter in his interesting costume yet. A yeah, nice long cloak on. We didn't know what was wearing under it. Mm. Mm. And he starts introducing himself. And, of course, Brad's saying, we're, we're lost and we need a phone. And we'll just get... Do, just phone up, tell yeah. them where we are, and yeah. go on our merry we way. We don't want to be in trouble. And of course, he says, well, you've been... And then he breaks into a song, do not yeah. sing the song. Mm-hmm. Move on. Anyway, um, of course... They find out he's a transvestite, he's wearing nice fishnet duds. stockings and a... Uh, yeah, nice duds. A girdle thing. Yeah. yeah. Corset, corset. Corset. Yeah. Corset. And yeah, he looks really hot. Um, <laughs> but no, nah, like I said, he looked he look good enough. That the guys weren't intimidated and the girls were hot. He just yeah. looked good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. he he tells them to come up to a lab where he's built uh, a man in pieces, if you will. And Gee, Frankenstein, Frankenfurter. There must be a bit of a catch here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah pretty whatever, much. Yeah. So, Brad and Jenna are invited to, cu- to come up to the lab. And see what's on the slab. And so, <laughs> they're, they have to accommodate to, what, to the host's wishes by wearing only their... Underwear. And, well, they got took the wet clothes off the scene there in the underwear. Uh, I mean, Brad's wearing his old Y fronts and singlet, and Janet's wearing a, a skirt and a, a nice bra top, uh, panties, and, and, a, and a, her uh, slip petticoat, whatever you want to call it, yes. Yeah, so they go up to the lab and where they meet Dr. Frank Furter again and, and all Frank that stuff. And, Frank and Furter to you. Yes. What, Frank Furter. And he's very nice, uh, to, especially to both of them, although Brad's insisting he wants to have the phone, all that stuff. But um, Frank and Furter well, is too he... busy with his um, new obsession. I've been making a man of blonde hair and, and a tan. tan. <laughs> he's good for leaving my attention. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's move along. Yeah, so we then get to the electricity and then our man comes to life. <laughs> it's alive! Oh, As I said. Right out of Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah. Of course, um, Rocky, that's the name of this living man See, I mentioned. Rocky, Rocky, that would be a good name for, oh, it is, Rocky Horror. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's, a, mm-hmm. he, of course, Frank, Dr. Frank, he, he tries to, uh, he's too excited and he's absolutely fabbed about his new creation. But, of course, um, Rocky's a bit, Freaked out about this. I mean, how would you feel? And he's like, "How? how this is this the uh, manners you should have to show it on your first date day out?" And he says, "I'm willing to forgive you all that stuff." <laughs> like oh, that. Just get I over know, it. but it's funny. Get, I just like the... look, get over it. It's one line in the whole movie. Anyway, okay? this is where yeah. um, he tries to make him into a man, giving him the lots of weights and whatnot. Yeah, he gave some weight with bodybuilding equipment. And they, they did a bit about Charles Atlas, the bodybuilding guy years ago. Yada, yeah, yada, yeah, yeah. yada. Right, move, Anyway, move then we we meet Meatloaf, who's in the fridge or whatever. Yeah. For, for a guy in cryogenics, he wasn't too bad. Yeah, he's, with, anyway, he's moving around. Anyway, he's um, yeah. with, I guess, Colum- what's the name Columbia. of Columbia? And they were ex-lovers or love, love interests, yeah. whatever. And But Frank Furter wants to kick his, his, his butt after his intro, his song intro, so he ends up cutting him to pieces. I hook, He or, did. He killed him. And Aww. then he's off. Frank and Furter and Rocky off to the wedding bed, I think. <laughs> well, the idea was he's going to <coughs> consummate their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And however, I don't however, think that yeah. However, later that night, while all the guests have departed, Brad and Janet are left alone with their host... And so they're accommodated to their separate rooms. Yes, being nice. Yeah, so they, while while they're sleeping, they get visited by Dr. Frank Furter. Don't know why. Yeah, no, we know why. Oh, yeah. But he, but he visited Janet first, disguised as Brad, <laughs> and, uh, and seduced her. And vice versa with dear old Brad. Brad and then he went to Brad and pretended to be Janet and seduced him and... And then Janet felt guilty, then found out that Brad had done the same thing she did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of... Uh, yeah, she felt, oh, he's cheated on me. Well, she cheated on him first. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Riff, uh, Riff Raff and his sister... Magenta. Magenta. They start teasing Rocky, and, and Rocky ends up running outside, getting chased by down by the dogs. Yeah, woof, woof. Yeah. And he's um, back in his special he, chamber thing. Yeah, he gets back to the laboratory, he gets back into his and birth tank. And there yeah. um, he meets Janet, and Janet seduces Rocky. 
Yeah, because she she thinks Brad's cheated on her, so she says, okay, she's ready for anything now. So, And Rocky looked pretty good. He, he might have had a a good-sized Frankenfurter. Uh, and um, so she took advantage of him. Yeah, yeah anyway, <laughs> later on, the, um, the guys are here, uh, someone at the door. As it turns out, it's Dr. Scott. Scott. Great Scott. It's Scotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Riffraft yeah. invites mm-hmm. him in and he's in... And then he, there's this funny scene where um, he ends up... He's, he's in a wheelchair and his wheelchair goes zooming across the um, the parts of the mansion and it sounds like a spaceship trying to land. Type thing when he, when he got to the lab. And it's an interesting reunion. And not only that, Brad... And Frank Furter and Scott find out Janet is being, you know, doing the naughty naughty with doing the um, chunker. Yeah, with yeah, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Horizontal mumbo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky yeah, yeah. and Frank Furter is very upset. Who could blame you? Oh, shame, shame, shame. And Magenta comes in saying dinner is served. However, Bunk. and he's and Frank Furter says, um. Pretty much tells them that to dress casual <laughs> or whatever. Well, they weren't wearing much, you know. So they have a dinner, and it's not a really good dinner because everyone's quiet and looking like they're disappointed in, in each other. Well, yeah, it wasn't a very great conversation. And an all eating meat, nice slabs of meat. Well, it was chicken in this one. In the other one, the 2016 one, that was uh, meat or le- meatloaf. Well, I think that was a joke. I was going to say they were actually they were sliding off stuff there, and that that was that was part of Meatloaf's leg, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so Loaf. anyway, um, Doctor Scott is there to find his nephew, who, um, as it turns out, um, said he was going, he's in great danger, and he that's why he's come there. And Doctor Frankfurt knows Scott. Doctor Scott. Doctor Scott works for the UFO he works for, type he, he thing. He works for some scientific. I mean, some Community. government department does scientific studies on UFOs. Uh. And Doctor Frankenfurter is aware of uh, Doctor Everett Scott's work in this field. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then um, when he tells him about how he was trying to look for his his nephew, we then get a reveal that that. Dr. Frankenfur has him on the slab inside a table. Yeah, and they pull back the tablecloth, and there is meatloaf. Or Eddie, yeah. what, in Eddie. this case. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I, I like meatloaf. Tastes very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. Janet yeah. Um, <laughs> screams, and she clings to Rocky, which is, I think... Instead of Brad. Anyway, then we get a, a chase scene between... Um, Frankenfurter and Janet, and Janet's being chased around the place by Mr. Frankenfurter, and back to the lab, where he freezes but her, Scott, Dr. Scott, and Brad to the spot. And Rocky. Yeah, well, no, he doesn't. Really? No. Really? No. Sure. Oh, he, became ro- he became a statue? Yeah, later on, after... Um, oh, a bit later, yeah. yeah. Okay, mum's mistake. Carry anyway, on. Anyway, um, they get freezing to the spot, and of course... Um, Brad and Do- and Scott tell him, do not hurt Janet, all that stuff. Of course, he turns them to statues. Yep. It's funny, that. Okay, they all get turned to statues. And, of course, that includes um, Columbia. Uh, Col- uh, Columbia, yeah. And, and Rocky. And then we cut then we cut to Riff Raff and Magenta, who tell him, Frank and Frank, we want to go home to our planet in Transylvania, planet, well, yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever, yeah. Anyway... So we again cut to the scene where they're on stage and they're all dressed in drag. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 drag. Yeah, drag, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, they're singing and we get, and then Frank first sings and then we see much later Riff Raff appear with Magento wearing space age clothing and Riff Raff is saying, "I am the commander. You." You're my prisoner. Yeah, yeah and he yeah, says whatever. that he wants to. It's time to head home, and of course um, Frank first tries to say. You know, say he's peace, but for some reason he misunderstands Riff Raff's. I said, um, We're going home, you're not. Yeah, meaning <laughs> oh. he plans on executing him and leaving him um, to wander the earth as in spirit. Well, whatever. So he shoots him, Columbia. With a and ray gun. Rocky. Surprise. Of course, um, Riff Raff doesn't have a, anything against. Brad, Janet, or Dr. Scott. Scott. So he lets them to leave while 
you well, can leave riffraff. now before the castle disappears altogether. Yeah, yeah. so Riffraff and Magento, they make their preparations of departing, while Janet and Brad and and the Dr. Scott, they make their discreet exit out the front door. Yeah, in the car, car park. <laughs> then we watch the, the castle drift off into outer space, and there we want to watch Brad, Janet, and what's the remains of Dr. Scott wandering the gra- the um, castle f- Ground. grounds. Um, I don't know what they meant by the song, obviously. Bec- where what they well, I keep wondering what it means when they, they at the end. Well, they kept wandering the it earth. It just sounded good. Yeah. Didn't say wandering the earth. Yeah. Lost I, in time, lost in space, and lost in meaning. Yeah. So yeah. What was it? Anyway, then we watched the criminologist um, finish the song, and then he closes the door. At the end. And oh. then we do a reprise on the. Uh, uh, the science fiction double feature thing, and we do um, the credits yeah. and the fade out. I yeah. do think um, after hearing mm. about the se- hearing about the sequel, uh, I didn't know that Brad and Janet would still be together. I would have thought, thanks to their indiscretions with each other when they're at the they rock, forgave each other. I would have never thought they would forgive each other. For Why not? They both cheated. Mm, they did. It's a double cheat. No, no, no. They both cheated. So, hello. Yeah. yeah. Even when they did the 2016, it made me question mm. um, the characters a little bit more. Like, um, they still feel like they 100% didn't like each other anymore. Like, somehow, each one had, when they encountered Dr. Frankenfurter, that things have shifted in their relationship. Oh, yes. As one would think. Mm. There we go. Now... Production, okay. concept, mm-hmm. development. This is really good stuff here. Yeah. Now, Richard O'Brien was un- living as an unemployed actor in London during the early 1970s. And he wrote Rocky Horror Show during one, win- one winter just to occupy his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing better to do. I'll drop down the screenplay and uh, write out a few songs. Gee. Uh, he'd always loved... Uh, the sci-fi and horror movies, the old B, the B movies, yeah, from the same area we like, yeah, the 30s through to the 70s, you know, 60s, whatever. Mm, true. Um, he liked the old Lee, Steve Reeves, Steve Reeves movies where he played, things like Hercules and stuff. And he put the whole lot together in an idea as sci-fis, Steve Reeves movies, uh, rock and roll, blah. He put the whole lot in together. It's amazing, the though, that yeah. type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. That mm. It's the characters, the first two characters. Yeah. They're both cheesy characters, the 1950s oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or 1940s kind of characters. You're trying to get that 1950s feel and to it. Yeah, while yeah. adding um, mm. the 70s type styles yeah. to it to, to make it seem strange, like yeah. you're living in two different times and you're meshing yeah. two different realms together. Yeah. Mm. And... and Basing it in the 70s mm. era, mm. he actually, that's where he got the style for the glam rock sort of stuff, you know, the, the glitz and everything. So, mm. yeah, so that happened and just went on and on and on. And it opened to a very, 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 very small audience. Wow. About 60 or 80 people or something, rather. Yeah. They thought, oh, we'll have a go. And, and it it went pretty good. And then it got bigger and went to bigger theatre and, and then went bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it became... Very popular. Hmm. Hence, let's make a movie. Aha! You see? So, yeah, and it went on and on and on. So, which is great. Hmm. And um, that's where you got the, um, the new production team doing costumes and stuff and everything hey, Mike, else. And I remember when we were reviewing the, when you were looking at the music, the first bit of the song, you know, the one that, yeah. the feature, double feature song at the beginning. Yeah. You were looking at the, um, that the song lyrics and it came and you heard yes. several different movies mentioned in in the um in the song isn't that yes, right when you were yes yes i was going to go through those later on blah blah blah, blah. but they just okay here just flip down for a few pages through my notes the lyrics refer to science fiction horror films and uh is um back in the olden days 30s through the 60s there is the Day the Earth Stood Still was mentioned. That was a 1951 movie. Flash Gordon, 1936. The Invisible Man, 1933. King Kong, 1933. It came from Outer Space, 1953. Dr. X, which is a movie, 1932. Mm. 
Forbidden Planet 1956, one of my favourite movies. Um, it's arranged on 1955, the day of the day of the Triffids, 1962. Curse of the Demon, 1957, and when, when Worlds Collide, 1951. That they were all encapsulated into the title song. Do you think that? Yeah. You said yourself that mm. Richard O'Brien was into oh, those he, old he, movies. He likes the crappy old movies like I do. But yeah. do you think those ones were his particular favourites? No, he and just that's why incorporated in the song. No, I think he was trying to get some lyrics. Go, oh yeah, and oh yeah, right. That I need that sort of phrasing and that sort of so, so many syllables and. Leo G. Carroll, that works. And the tarantula in that, that movie. You know, it, it's just things just worked in. Yeah. Cool. You don't say, I ain't going to put these movies into a song. No, I think it's the other way around. He got the idea for the song and said, oh, that might work. I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that out of those different songs. Yeah. Uh, and then he just built up the song. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, it was really good. I mean, Richard Ryan is a really good writer uh, mm. when it comes to that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, there, uh, what else? Uh, Anyway, it went on, obviously, and film locations, like I said before, Oakey, um, Oakey, um, Oakley Court, or whatever it's called, in the country house, um, it was not in good condition when they went there. It must have been a bit derelict. Oh, I see. And they had to, re- had, had to do it up a little bit and only use so many rooms, because otherwise it would have been too boggy. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it was used in a number of... Ha- and Hammer Films called it Victorian Gothic style. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, oh yeah, Tim Curry, when he was doing the role, he thought he he thought Rocky Horror, uh, uh, Doctor Frankenfurter should have a posh accent. A posh. So, <laughs> yes, upper class. So he tried to uh, talk like the Queen, okay. <laughs> the Queen of United Kingdom. I she get. Got, oh well, hello, how are you? I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he put that on to um, yeah, so he did that. Uh, English posh, you know. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. When film, filming was taking place, mm. Susan Sheridan fell ill with pneumonia. Really? Yeah, mm. and she had to carry on, obviously, under medication and stuff, and and just do as what she could with what she had. So yeah. she had pneumonia. Pneumonia, yeah. That's like... A cold. For you, uh, you, you know when you get really bad close to the case of the flu, well, next level up you get really bad and, you know, you're bedridden and stuff and mm. you might get flu on your lungs a bit and different things. It's not a very nice a getting pneumonia. Pe- pe- no, people can die of pneumonia. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not a headache. It's really bad. Ouch. So, yeah, so she, she laboured on quite, you know, like a real trooper she must have been back in those days. Mm. Um, but it must have been really hard, you know, to keep a straight face while yeah. still acting. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. While still um, under the influence of... Of pneumonia, yeah. obviously. Pneumonia. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, f- the, f- the film's plot, setting, and style echoed those of Hammer horror films, and we like Hammer horror films. Mm. Uh, Hammer was a, I wouldn't say a threat to um, the American horror industry back in those days, but they got inspiration from it, and they did their own versions of it. They did their own Frankenstein movies, their own Dracula movies. But I can see why they'd be yeah. threatened, considering no, that... they weren't threatened. They, they, weren't on, they weren't on par with American movies, but they were good enough. Yeah, mm. so they, the English people liked them, and other countries liked them, and even probably some people in America liked them. Mm. But they weren't as good as the Universal Studio ones. Mm. But the thing that Hammer did, which is a bit different, they used to go on location and do a lot of this, mm. and do some studio shoots... Where I think Universal did a lot more studio shoots. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's mm. kind of cool, especially yeah. in the um, the interesting influencing. Um, I did like the um, the whole um angle where a bunch of innocent young you know people go go on a road and then they get caught up in some weird stuff along the way, right? And it yeah. tests their character throughout the production. Even though the, I don't even know if they pass or fail in this in this case because um, both their characters were tested and I don't know if they failed or something like that. Considering that they both cheated on one another, oh, yeah. then they lost faith in yeah. one of their... Look, I, honestly, I would say in a funny way it was like a coming of age. Yeah. Well, see, back in that period you had your sexual repression and people weren't as sexually active. Mm. Well, they were a little bit, but they weren't as much, say, a, few, a decade later. Mm. And uh, make love, not war. Stuff came out, and people started be uh, had sexual liberation stuff. So I think that was about early part of the transition. How's that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if things would change. They just 
matured faster than the other people. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, here we go. A few things, costumes and makeup is quite interesting. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I talked about the things being uh, punk style, influence on punk uh, clothing because they took ideas from it. Um, now, props and set pieces were reused from the old Hammer movies, like I said earlier. The tank and dummy used for the Rocky Horror's birth appeared in The Revenge of Frankenstein 1958, which mm. I said earlier. Okay, sorry. So don't contradict me. Well, I just meant the um, tank itself was probably reused. It was it? in The Revenge of Frankenstein. Okay. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, so mm. yeah, I try to keep things accurate as possible, okay? Um, and here, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, the, the costume designer submitted that she didn't construct, conduct any research for her clothing designs, had never seen a science fiction film, and is acutely aware that her costumes for Brad and Jenna uh, may have been generalisations because she had had no idea what Americans actually dressed in that period. <laughs> no, no, she said, oh, they, they, they dressed different to English people. They did different style of clothing. So she said, oh, oh preconceived idea, oh, that and that and that, that'll work. So, yeah, so, yeah um, the same with spacesuits. Never seen a science fiction movie, so she just so made So she never up. saw Flash Gordon nope. or any nope. of the other nope. sci fi nope. stuff? Nope. None of that, so she just made it up and that's what came out. Yeah. I'm just amazed that, that she was able to do that. Um, I mean, I know that, that we had Forbidden Planet and that had... We mini must, skirts we down to that. the... They didn't, they didn't go down that far. Okay, uh, maybe not yeah. down to, but they came down to a certain level yeah, yeah, that yeah. not many people would have would have yeah, frowned on in yeah. the 60s or the 50s. Oh, no. See, 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 that's the problem. See, in the early science fiction movies, before mini skirts became popular, they always had the girls in the sci-fis wearing short skirts. Hmm. How's that grabbed out? Forbidden Planet had... Um, oh, what's the name? Um... I got a mental block. Oh, don't worry, we'll find it. Yeah, um, they, they, she had beautiful legs. Uh, and uh, no, she had a really, really short skirt. And things like Flash Gordon stuff, the girl, the lady, Dale Arden, I think, she, I think she wore a short skirt. And all the other old movies, they all wore short, skirt, short skirts when the fashion trends were hmm. down to just above the knee or something, rather. Yeah, yeah even though she hmm. has never seen any of that, I would have thought it would be hard to... Imagine no, no. something like that without any um, inspiration. She knew they wore more polyester and cotton stuff because it didn't wrinkle and stuff. And see, they and they might have the kids might have wore their trousers a little bit higher up. And you can see the socks. Apart from that, she had no idea what Americans wore. Okay. I know. I was referring to the aliens I and mean, maybe oh, some of the the, the interesting well, costumes. Well, how would you know? She hadn't seen a sci-fi movie. That's what I mean. She hadn't seen a sci-fi movie or too much American TV or movie, so she guessed it. Mm -hmm. Okay, leave it alone. Okay, <laughs> you've already we've already done that bit. I know. Uh, now, it, many of the costumes were exact replicas from the stage production. Other costumes were new to the filming, such as Columbia's gold sequined, a swallow-tailed coat and top hat. Oh, I love that. And, and Magenta's major uniform. They were designed for the film. Those ones are yeah. my favourite oh. costumes. And, yeah, and Columbia's tap dancing uh, gear. She looks so hot in that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I certainly yeah. like the um, spangly, um, you know, tails, you know, yeah. jacket and the, looked, the hat. I mean, I'm not. She had a hot body. I'm not saying she's ugly or. But she didn't look like a Barbie. She looked an average looking woman. Yeah, attractive. Uh, but her body and the clothes and her personality really went down well, I think. And she was great. A good dance routine. I think she's still around too. I mm. think. Uh, yeah. An older lady now, but mm. I don't think she's doing too much tap dancing now. Yeah, I was trying to figure out in the 2016 <laughs> one if she made an appearance in that, in no, that one. No, it wasn't her. But I couldn't find no, it uh, out. I, I don't think. I went, and I, look, I don't think it was her. It looked a lady, a bit like her, but mm. I don't think it was. Anyway, here we go. Reception, critiques, critics, and whatever, all of the groovy things. Oh, how they get it wrong, people. Okay. Chicago Sun-Times critic, Roger Ebert. Now, now, not knocking Roger. He said he noted that when it was first released, 
The Rocky, oh, excuse me, no, I'm burping here. <clears throat> the Rocky Horror Picture Show was ignored by pretty much everybody. Oh, boy. Including the future fanatics uh, who would eventually count the hundreds of times they've seen it. Uh-huh. Uh, no, so it, it, it didn't enter the uh, theatrical arena with a bang. It sort of came in with a bit of a smolder and it grew. Um, yeah, it didn't, it kind of shaped the 80s when you think about well, it. Well, it, it changed, it changed things, yeah. He considered the more long-running social phenomenon than a movie, rating it two and a half stars out of four. Uh, and he described Curry as the best thing in the movie, mm. maybe because he seems to be having the most fun. And I must admit, he did look like having a ball. Um, yeah. Um, now, uh, Variety thought it was um, not that good. The guy from San Francisco's Chronicle, who'd like the stage play, didn't like the movie. Um, figure. Newsweek. So it was tasteless, spotless, and pointless. Um, now, uh, Rotten Tomatoes got, gave it 78%. Interesting, that isn't it? Uh, based on 45 reviews, um, and saying the hot Rocky Horror Picture Show bringing quirky characters in tight, but it's the narrative thrust that really drives audience insane and keeps them uh, keeps them doing the time warp again <laughs> so, well i always yeah, like that song especially no, no, they're, they're doing a play on words there i know okay. but i do no. like that song okay. it's really cool catchy especially but, when you want to just do a bit of a sort of um do a macarena type yeah, dance yeah, sort of. but the bbc uh summarized it was if you want to do something see something a little bit different have a look at it New York Times called it a low-budget freak show, cult classic, blah, blah, with catchy songs. Um, they weren't overly impressed, obviously. Go figure it. Uh, Jeff Andrews of Time Out, um, he said, The string of humble songs gives it momentum. Gary's admirably straight-faced narrator, narrator holds it together. What? He didn't hold it together. He's only in two bits of it. A- and a run of black lingerie, uh takes care of everything else he gave it four out of five stars though i i don't think he's in tune of what was going on i think none uh, of these guys understood no. what it was all about gary had an intro at the beginning and a bit at the end yeah. and he had a bit part a bit part in when did the time warp that was it <laughs> uh, yeah uh, on the other hand dave kerr from this chicago reader uh, considered the wit to be too weak to sustain a film and thought that the songs all sounded the same. The guy must have ten ears. I'm a musician. The songs do not sound the same. No. The guy's a freak. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they had something interesting. No, there. all the songs are different. Yeah, they were. They had rock and roll numbers. They had dance numbers. Had some almost like ballads. You know, they don't sound the same. The no. guy has got cloth ears. They're painted on. The guy's a fool. Okay. Um, 2005. The film was selected for the preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So, yeah. to the reviewers. Yeah, these guys are probably <laughs> the same reviewers who reviewed um, Bona Rhapsody, the um, song, I mean, like it. and said all these nasty things about it, and then it became an unborn hit. An unborn hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, still a really good hit yeah. after all these years. It's really good. Now... I'm not going to go too much more. Uh, it is what it is. It's a musical comedy horror thing. Okay. Now, um, it's available on eBay. It's available on Amazon Rent or Buy. Um, yeah. If for those people who haven't seen it, I don't know who that would be. It's been running on the, uh, on the theatrical circuit for decades. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, grab a copy, rent a copy, it's a good blast. It's fun. It's yeah. interesting. And if you like old B-grade horror movies from the past, in the back yeah. of the 40s, 50s, that era, era you'd really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is, mm. guys, um, I'm not comparing um, uh, noughts and crosses here and there. But apples and oranges. Or apples and oranges. Um, I didn't like too much the 2013, <sighs> 16 version very much because... Because um, it was not bad in certain things, but I just thought it was too okay. organised. A quick synopsis. Okay. The, 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 the reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it, was more done, it looked more like a stage presentation. Yeah, okay? I think it does. They had musicians on stage actually playing most of the music during the show. Uh-huh. Uh, however, 
you have to give credit to the person who played Frank and Third Up. Uh, I don't know his name. Uh, he was a damn fine performer. She. He, she. he she. He's had an operation. Okay, mm. he, he's a he. He is now a she. And whatever his name is, I can't remember because uh, I'm not reviewing that. I haven't got any notes in front of me. He really kept that show going and he was a very energetic, vibrant personality for that movie. And if you want to see the other movie as well, by all means, I don't mind it. The songs are similar, not the same, are they? Not the same. I mean, a it's different tempo. Different, different style, but some things are the same, same sort of dialogue, yeah. but it's a little bit different. Uh, I'd see the first one, the original one first, and then see the other one yeah. as a comparison if you want to watch both of them. But as but, I said yeah. before, mm. um, nothing replaces um, Tim Curry or Richard O'Brien's um, yeah, they, way of they, they singing are, the songs. Yeah, they, they, they're great. Yeah, something about Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien didn't do a lot, but his personality is great. Um, I liked it when he sang yeah. um, "Let's Do the Time Warp" song. But see, the guy in the new, the remake was trying to do a Richard O'Brien voice as well. I noticed. Mm, I noticed. Is that, uh, so do your own voice. Movie. Hello. You know, uh, I yeah, know, but yeah, they probably, yeah. whoever was directing it or producing it at the time, yeah. they were probably trying to squeeze they, the, um, to copy the, the copy yeah. down to the same look so, and anyway, style. Looks, have a look at the first one if you haven't seen it. And then and see if you can rent the other one or you know, whatever. It's out there. Uh, and compare them yourself. I think mm. the original with Tim Curry yeah. still... Uh, today yeah. is a damn fine performance by anybody. Yeah. And I think it's great yeah. to watch during Halloween, even yeah. though we, we missed Halloween by, say, um, it doesn't oh, matter. two weeks. It doesn't but matter. it's still a good watch to watch during uh, actually, Halloween. Actually, talk about Tim time. Curry. Um, Tim Curry was in the remake as the um, criminologist, as a token um, role. Um, but he was. Um, He's not a well man. He had a stroke a couple of years before this movie, uh, and he's um, yeah. I think he's struggling a bit to do the role, but I think he probably enjoyed mm. being part of it again. Yeah, and um, that's, yeah. Mm, so mm. I don't know if Tim's still. I think he's still alive, but he he, he suffered a massive stroke, and he's not very yeah. well. Um, Poor man. So you guys out there who might uh, be uh, Christian orientated, uh, yeah, pray for the man. He uh, so he's uh, help him along a bit. Yeah. yeah, it's always mm. good to have pray for the yeah. ones who, who cannot, yeah. who struggle trying to continue yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. If he's trying, he's, he's, he, he can't do the time warp again. Uh, he can hardly move. Um, well, yeah. No, he can't. He, he couldn't turn the page. He had somebody turn the pages for yeah, him. Yeah, he know, had an assistant, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, an uncredited assistant yeah. working for him. And uh, yeah, I feel sorry for him. He's been a very talented man. We've seen quite a few movies yeah. over the years, and it's it's, it's sad to see a person uh, yeah. in that in that state. I do think that the, from better days. I do think yeah. the 2016 makes me think of the opening in the new movie Macabre um, intro that for the new. Elvira episodes yeah. that they Actually, they released years later. Some, there are some quirky things in the remake. Mm-hmm. So, in that in that instance, they actually have a theatre. Yeah. No, and I say that uh, because the original stage play mm-hmm. had the person playing Magenta, playing a Nasherette, and going through the theatre singing the opening song. So it was actually done in a theatre, and then. The opening song was actually in the theatre, cool. and then the stage play started. Yeah. As then they've tried to copy that into this movie. Didn't you say yeah, that yeah. some of the mannerisms in the theatre in that in the 2016 version was the similar mannerisms if, as it was if it was? Yeah. Well, what they've actually ago? done, they've done a like I said, um, I think it's a more be stagey to a certain degree, uh, and yet you've actually got uh, the film or the camera dropping back and seeing the people in the audience interacting with the screen while the shows are going on. Yet mm. The way these people go to these midnight shows and enjoy it and they, and they do yeah. the audience participation. So, yeah, it was done It was done a little yeah. bit differently. It was, so it's, it is, it's fun. It's a bit different. So I'd, I'd say yeah. watch both of them, but the, the 1975 one's my favourite. Yeah, it makes yeah. me think yeah. of uh, Monty Python's um, when... Uh, search for the Holy Grail, where you where there are scenes where they say, 
get on with it or something like that. You get on with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yelling yeah, in, yeah. The, in the background that sort of stuff, yeah. type thing to get people, get the story rolling. Yeah, exactly. So that's what makes me think of yeah. in the Well, scene. that's what's like, I mean, I had a theatre for a short period of time and I was running it with somebody and we did have a Rocky Horror Night or two there as well and, um, yeah, we had the people there and they had a great, great time. The confetti and stuff was a bastard to clean up after that finish. However, they had a great time, and they did respect the property. They didn't use water pistols on the screen or anything, or you know, yeah, uh, they just trashed each other a little bit and had a great time. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So guys, yeah. Um, I would advise definitely check out the old, the nineteen seventy five one five version because mm. it's worth watching and it's great to watch during Halloween. Yeah. Well, even or not at any time of the year, if you like music. And if you like something dark and creepy, it's, and but, have, but well, dark and creepy, but also a bit of fun, and yes. has a bit of a tribute to the old B movie angle. And I'm going to go watch one later. What am I going to watch? Can I watch an old zombie movie? We'll see. Oh please! Uh, we'll see. I walk for zombie or something. Uh, uh, I'll get back to you on that one. So watch that, zombie Bill the go see. You know. I'll get back to no, you on that okay. one. Damn. So guys, thanks for listening to this latest podcast. Oh wait, we forgot we uh, have to rate it. I forgot. I'm going to. I can't really find anything wrong with this movie. Me neither. And um. Despite what these old reviewers think. No, honestly, yeah. But they, 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 they have got their own personal taste. Oh. And now some of it is in the bums. Um, <laughs> no, because they haven't got a clue. I don't like this sort of thing, so I'm going to grade it down. It's not a fair review, okay? No, and not. that's some of these guys do that. Yeah, I've been... Yeah, um, um, I'm going to give it nine yeah. and a half. Yeah, my film, yeah. Um, Attack of the Cat People, I should mention, has been given some fair reviews and some really good ones too. Yeah, we got a 10 out of 10 for it. Yeah. Mm, I'm impressed by uh, the if, guys. Any of you guys following Sarah um, on with Facebook, is it? Uh, yeah, Facebook and Twitter and, and Tumblr. So well, she got some, she got some uh, links there, uh, have you, for the reviews? Mm-hmm. Click on the reviews. So that's the one, who did the 10 out of 10 one? Uh, that would have been, let me see, it would have been um, uh, Horror Buzz. Horror Buzz. He, he, he went right in it and he broke it down piecemeal. He spoke about the camera work and, and all about the directorship and the actors. He broke it. It's a really good review. I'm not saying that because he got 10 out of 10, but the guy actually went in it like a proper review, and that's what a real review should look yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I mean, I like it the, when a reviewer just goes, dives into it, and reviews uh, every single yeah, bit. component. And he said, this is great. And he said, and this is what is, it's a tribute movie to the the, the camp sort of yeah. cheesy B-movies for that period. And he, and he acknowledged the fact what it was and how well yeah. Sarah and her team achieved their goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems when you look at something old, like say you're doing a review on an old movie, like... Um, like like as an example, um, the creature from Black Lagoon. Everyone knows the story, obviously, yeah, and knows it's um, a man in the suit. Yeah, and they yeah. knows um, <laughs> the plot really well, and knows how to um, knows the differences between the symbolism and the what's behind the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it. And so they they decide they just they diagnose it or analyze it. Analyze it, and yeah. Get, and p- come up with some interesting facts about it, and yeah. comes up with this awesome, a great review for and it. And that's what you get. That's, I mean, and that's what you want. You want a real review, and some of these not su- just one that says, um, "I'll give it five stars out of five. Yeah, or without actually saying stars why. Out of yeah, yeah, five, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's not so a review. Yeah. And that's just um. Not is well your friend uh, Ollie going to be doing his soon? Yeah, very soon. Oh, hopefully. good because it, our friend the puppet. <laughs> what's, what's, his called? what's his side called? Um, Embrace the Film. Embrace the Film. Ollie from Embrace the Film is going to be doing a review very soon, we hope. And I hope he does a nice one for us. He seems like a very nice puppet. And uh, I, I haven't met a puppet I haven't liked. Mm-hmm. All the anyway, um, moving on. I forgot what, I should do you, what, my what's rating. Your, what's, what's your rating? So I rate um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, this the 1975 one. I'm going to rate it, um, I guess I'm going to say 9 out of 10 myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I do think, I do like a lot of things about it, and I do think there that 
some of the, the old reviewers, they don't know what they're like. Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're stuck in their ways, which is a problem. Well, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, as I said before. It's my way or hit the highway attitude. As I said before, these guys are old school filmmaker reviewers. Yeah, they they, they got, yeah. don't know what they like. I mean, I, I sit here and I, I'll watch a teenage movie with Sarah. I'm not. It's been a long time since I've been a teenager. I am 78 ne- uh, 68 next birthday. And I can enjoy a teenage-based movie if I tell myself that it is aimed at a teenage audience and I think back to what I would have been like when I was a teenager and try to put myself in that mental state to say, yeah. oh, yeah, I make, this does make sense. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It does uh, yeah. make sense why... Yeah. Um, when you can review something that's old, but when it comes to something yeah. new, like in their time, that's like considering Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show was very new to them. It was totally new, and yeah. it was out of out of this world see, with mixtures of different things, different top, yeah. different formulas yeah, thrown see, in. When we, oh, just before we close out, when we first were assaulted <laughs> by no. yeah Rocky Horror, yeah, when it came on and hit all our cinemas here in Australia. We'd had things like other musicals. Again, we had JC uh, Super, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, that was doing the circuits. We had uh, Godspell, I think. Uh, then we had this come out. We had a thing called Betty Blockbuster. I don't know if that went around the world or whatever. I had all these different stage shows coming out with music and stuff and a bit. Yeah. It was great. It was a great time back in that period in the 70s. Mm. I, I wish it was still going on. Yeah. These big stage shows. There are still some going around, yeah, cats and whatever, and yeah, but there were so many going on at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. most of them started off, you know, as risk takers. They some were, yeah. Money exactly takers, right. but they soon grew on you, yeah, and they yeah, still exactly have right. been, they're still out there, and a lot of people still audition for roles in those productions. Yeah. No matter what, what theatre you go to, there's always an audition yeah. for a Rocky Horror Picture Show, the yeah, musical, exactly or right. stage and play. This is what, you know, you, you know, we had a lot of good things hit, hit, hit in the theatre, the live theatre back in those days. Yeah. And I really miss those days. And I do yeah. wish that, they, that mm. more and more stage players and musicals... I mean, I know that there are a few out there. But not as big. I mean, like you get things like, like I mentioned, cats before, and the other, yeah, Les Miserables came out, and other things. Yeah. But we had three or four or five things on at the same time. Mm, true. And people were going to the live theatre as well as the picture theatres. Yeah, not to mention. But I nowadays, the people don't go to the live theatre yeah, that much because there's nothing the, um, there. Almost yeah. all the f- musicals I've looked at, heard about, are uh, based off movies I've that were. Well, that were popular well, in the in the nineties and well, the eighties too. Well, Mamie's that was actually re- that was taken off a book, which had been transferred into a movie and then became a musical. Mm, okay, but, but that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that's um, like mm. um, they they've done it with the um, Pretty Woman that made that's that was yeah, started yeah. off as a movie yeah. and then it became a musical. Uh, or and I think Romeo, uh, Romeo and Michelle have now become yeah, yeah, yeah that was a, TV, a movie yeah. and now it's going to probably make it to a musical well, too. Well, I think Charlie Chocolate the Factory or Willy Wonka or whatever that, that was, was that um, was a, that was out of a book by Roald Dahl and then had the Gene Wilder version of it. Then we had the Johnny Depp version. And now um, I think there's a musical. Yeah, yeah, and that's been going on <laughs> in Australia say yeah. several times. I've but, noticed. But I haven't gone and bought tickets new, yet. That's the whole point. It's not new. Mm-hmm. When you had something like Rocky Horror Picture, it was in stage production. Within two years, it was a movie. Yeah, and JC Superstar hit the hit the boards, and then a couple of years later, it's they made a movie. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we're getting things from it 20, 30, 40 years ago and make them into a stage production again. Well, yeah, it's been done. Everyone knows the story. It's yeah. not fresh. Yeah, I miss yeah. Um, the old mm. ideas. They need, yeah, but need new. They need fresh ideas coming out. Mm. Who thought about cats? I mean, it yeah. was great. Yeah, that came yeah. from a book, I recall. That came from a book, I can't remember that I wrote it. It um, was um, mostly filled with poems about cats. No, in no, general. I know the stories, but I don't know, I can't remember. I think an English writer, I can't remember. I, I think, think it was English. English. Um, yeah. no, I can't remember his name. And he wrote a story about yeah, different types of cats and stories, whatever. Yeah. And then someone, hey, we can do it, and made it in a stage production. Mm. So, but a lot of people hadn't read the book. So when it came out as a stage production, it was new and vibrant. 
yeah. and wonderful and exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah and having men dressed, and men women dressed in leotard cat suits. And, and being pussycats. <coughs> I like pussy. I got a pussycat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, that's about it for us tonight. Before, And I hope you guys enjoyed this review and may check out the movie. Nah, I, I, I honestly, especially you younger guys who, who probably have may not have seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, because, I mean, it was made in 75, obviously, but you probably weren't born then. Uh, have a go, get a copy of it, stream it, rent it, whatever, have a look at it. And remember, it was only 75, it had. What they wouldn't have had any CGI and stuff back in those days. What they did was what they did. With what yeah, they had. that's what I mean. And they it's still a good they did it yeah. all, you know. Um, they did with real um, special. Yeah, real special effects. Real not, 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 handmade special yeah, effects. Yeah, not computer special effects. And 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 it's a damn fine production. If you like a bit of music and they get a good story, a bit of lightheartedness, it's fun. But yeah. it takes you back to a, cheek. a pre-computer day of movie making. That's what I mean. Mm. I didn't, as I said. So, anyway, that's about it for us tonight. Let's wrap it. So, thanks for listening to us last podcast, everyone. So, we'll see you guys for our next one, you know, in a couple of days. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys for our next podcast. Bye for now. See you around. Bye.